Hello and welcome to the Fit and Free podcast. This is a podcast for women who want it all, to feel strong and confident in their bodies, as well as enjoying a sneaky mug on a Friday night. I'm an exercise physiologist and sports nutritionist here to teach you how to achieve your body goals without food and your body controlling your life. So let's jump in. Hello, you guys. Welcome back to episode two, part two on hacks on how I transform my glutes and my back. So if you guys haven't listened to episode one, I highly suggest you go back there first because that's going to give you a little bit more context of what we're talking about today because we are just going to dive straight in to the next hack. The next hack is taking our rest periods seriously. I see it all the time and I remember when I used to train at group fitness, I would, it was in the group fitness classes, it was always about how many reps that you can do in the specific amount of time. And then I remember like training with some people who we were doing, you know, a strength session and we'll do our back squats and then I would see someone add in extra, you know, jump squats or burpees in their rest period when they're supposed to be resting and they're just doing more repetitions. And why this is a problem is that we know we need to be putting the muscles under a lot of tension in order to give them a reason to change. And in order to do that, we need to be training freaking hard in order to push them to a level where they feel uncomfortable. Right? That's what you got to think about. It's like if you stay within your comfort zone with your strength training, then you're not going to be able to improve because you're not getting uncomfortable. We can use the analogy of anything in life, right? We never grow as a person if we constantly just keep doing the same thing safe within our comfort zone. It's exactly the same thing with our training. We need to make sure we're pushing it outside of its comfort zone in the gym so that it can adapt and grow and get stronger. Okay, so in order to do that, we need to be training at a high intensity, as in not high intensity cardiovascular hit. Oh my God, I can't breathe. What I mean by high intensity is enough tension through the muscles. And what that looks like is your exercise rep is like your muscles are shaking and you're like the speed of your rep is about half the speed as when you first started the set is that's what it needs to look like in order to be putting enough pressure through the muscles. So if we are jumping and doing extra reps and doing, you know, jump squats or burpees in between our rest periods, how are we going to be able to push our muscles in our working sets hard enough when we're already walking into the set pre-fatigued? In terms of acute sponsors, a key finding from an article in and around hypertrophy training, a key finding was that when training with loads between 50% and 90% of 1RM, 3 to 5 minute rests allowed for greater repetitions, allowed for greater intensities over multiple sets. So by resting enough, it actually allows you to maintain the run intensity through all of your sets and reps, maximizing the challenge, maximizing the sets. At the same time, we're not overdoing it to the point where we can't come back in the next day and train again at that run intensity. So this is why rest periods are so, so important. 
because this really goes hand in hand with my next hack, which is less overall volume, but harder intensity. Again, a mistake I see people make is they go into the gym and then they just smash out 12 different exercises, right? Because so many people are running through the belief of more is better. I have to hit every single muscle group in order to get change. But what you have to remember is like when we complete our compound exercises, we're utilizing multiple muscles at once. So they are getting enough volume during the week. People think that they go have to add on all this arm work and bicep work. But if you're training back, if you're doing bent over rows, if you're doing lat pull downs, if you're doing chin ups, all of those three exercises also utilize biceps. So you're actually training your muscles with your compound exercises. So therefore you don't actually have to do this individualized arm work to see good changes within your body. Because there's this thing called junk volume and actually doing too many sets and reps can actually move you further away from your goal because it's harder to recover from. There's a sweet spot in how much volume that someone needs to be doing in order to get good muscle gains. And that's sitting at 10 to 20 sets per muscle group per week. Because if we're just throwing in so much volume, if we're going in and doing, you know, 12 exercises, then as we go through our exercises, as we get to the end ones, we can't hit those at a good amount of intensity. So therefore, we actually can't hit them at that right level of intensity. So it's actually kind of a waste of time because one, we're not training them at a good intensity. And number two, it's going to impact our recovery time and we won't be able to recover from it. Because we know the best way to see result in the body is getting that beautiful, it's balancing out intensity, progressive overload, and then of course, recovery. Because if we're not recovering from the volume that we're doing, then we're not going to be able to continue to progress and we're not going to see results. Signs that we're under recovering is constant needling pain coming up, low motivation to train, not progressing in the gym, we're seeing a lot of plateaus, right? All of these things are signs that our recovery is not on point. So back into the intensity piece is this is what I did. I really pulled back on the amount of volume I was doing and I was doing less volume, but being more intentional and my sets have been, I've been training harder in my specific sets. We know, I've spoken about it, right? We know that we need to be training close to failure in order for them to break down and then for our bodies to rebuild themselves. And think about it, who on this planet could actually smash out a hundred of any exercise at an eight out of 10 close to muscular failure? It's literally impossible. And this is why group fitness, like HIIT, cardio, running, Pilates, and yoga will never sustainably build muscle for you. Because unless you get super technical with it, there's always going to be a point where you're no longer working at that eight out of 10 intensity, as well as pairing that with progressive overload and making sure that you're progressing and adding more and more and more, doing the same thing and adding more and more and more each and every week. Because think about it, body weight stuff gets easier. So sooner or later, you're going to run out of ways that you can progressively overload your muscles aren't going to receive the incremental increase in stimulus that it requires 
to progressively overload. They won't be challenged to change anymore. So there's going to be a time where you plateau. So being more intentional with our intensity, being more intentional with the amount of volume that we're doing and being really intentional with what we can recover from is super important. And that is what I have been putting a lot of attention into and really focusing on. And that's really helped me with my training. And I know there is going to be people out there who do all these sports that say, rubbish, you can apply progressive overload with group fitness, hit, Pilates, yoga, running. And I'm like, okay, how, how? Well, first of all, we have to talk about running. Running is, yes, you can absolutely apply progressive overload to running. However, applying progressive overload to running is what that is doing is you're either increasing like your speed, you're increasing your distance or you're keeping the same distance, but you're running in a shorter amount of time, right? Each, every time you run, you're going to be increasing. Yeah, that is absolutely how you're going to increase your running. That is progressive overload. However, this is the problem is like people think that going for a run and doing heaps of cardio is going to end up in your body getting toned. But what actually is happening, what you're really doing with that progressive overload is actually you're progressively overloading your cardiovascular system. So your cardiovascular system is getting better and better and better. So that means you're going to be getting fitter and fitter and fitter. Amazing, which is also amazing. Don't get me wrong. However, if you're doing it because you think that's going to make your body composition change, well, I'm sorry to break the ice to you that if you're just doing running, it's going to be the definition of staying skinny fat. Your body composition will lose weight, put it back on without actually any muscular change so that, you know, your body fat percentage to your muscle ratio percentage will just stay the same. And if we want to look like a tone fit gym girlie, that's not it. So while yes, you can absolutely apply progressive overload to running, it's not going to end in your body composition goal. And then I want you to think about your yoga classes, your Pilates classes, and your group fitness classes. How many group fitness classes, Pilates classes, yoga classes do you go in and do the same thing every single time? Like one of the reasons why lots of people go to these things is because we never do the same thing over and over again. (laughs) And while yes, that's really good to keep motivation high, and yes, it's really good to keep it fun and interesting and It is not a really good thing if we're trying to change our body composition because if you're going in and doing something different every single time, then you're not actually utilizing the principle of progressive overload properly because what you're doing is you're going in and doing something new, okay? So to actually apply progressive overload, what we need to do, we need to do that same Pilates class, say four weeks in a row, and each time in that Pilates class, we need to either like add a spring or we need to add in extra reps of what we're doing before. How we are going to remember how many reps we did the week before with our Pilates class, that's going to be really hard to remember. Or how often do we go into Pilates classes that do the same thing every single week? They don't really exist. And I actually wish they did because that would be really cool. Maybe it's a, you know, a business idea. Anyone want to collab? No, I'm joking. But um, this is it. And We need the two tied together in terms of we need the working, your muscles working at that really high intensity, enough tension through them. And we need the progressive overload to then give it a reason to change and adapt. Again, if we're not pushing it outside of its new comfort zone, it's not going to change. 
right? We can work the muscles and we feel like we're getting that burn and that pump, but that burn and the pump, what is actually happening is your body can't actually supply enough oxygen to provide ATP to your muscles. So what ends up happening is a increase of hydrogen ions, which then leads to that lactic acid feeling that muscle fatigue that we get. So that muscle pump and that muscle fatigue and that lactic acid feeling isn't necessarily enough to actually change our body composition because just because we're getting that pump doesn't mean that we're then putting a new stimulus on the muscles to give them a reason to change. What it means is we're working our muscles and we're getting in that pump but we can get that, you know, utilizing the same weight as we did the week before. So this is why it's really important of pairing the two in terms of making sure that we are training at the right intensity to get enough tension through the muscles and pairing that with progressive overload because that's how your muscles will grow and that's how we get a toned body with more muscle. Okay. So, so that is something that I've really been playing around with is really making sure that I'm pairing progressive overload with the right intensity through my muscles and really making sure I am progressing, really making sure I am progressing with everything over time. And that's something that, to be honest, I have been doing for a really long time. And if you're not already tracking your lifts, if you're not tracking how much you're lifting, you really need to start there because how are you ever going to remember how much you were lifting the week before if you don't write it down? So that's something really, really important to do as well. So my next hack is really focusing on my own recovery. And this is something that I have been really, really tuning into, literally really, really honing in on, especially in the last six months. I remember one week I just finished a, like it was week four of my training block and week four for me is always like really intense now. And I... I remember like it was Thursday of the last week and my body was so sore and I just had no motivation to train and I was just like dreading it and I was just, it was not an overall vibe and I was just getting into this negative mindset in and around it. So instead of sitting there and being like, oh my God, I'm shit, I'm failing, what the hell, why can't I do this? I reflected on it and I was like, well, why am I feeling this way? What's really going on? And then I reflected on my sleep. I reflected on my food. I reflected on my nutrition. And then I reflected on my volume as a whole for the week. And then I also reflected on my stress. Okay? What we need to understand is all of these things are going to be contributing to how we are recovering. And if we're super stressed at work and we've got so much on our plate, it's going to significantly impact how we are pulling up after the gym. How we're sleeping, so important. How we're fueling our bodies, super important. So this is what I did. I really started focusing on my recovery and actually reflecting in on how I was sleeping, how I was managing my stress. And I've taken radical responsibility into changing these things. So I really looked at my sleep and my sleep, I've been using my Apple Watch. I really want to get an aura ring, but for now I've just been using my Apple Watch to monitoring my sleep. And what I've noticed is that I haven't really actually been getting much deep sleep. My deep sleep is sitting at like 20 minutes. And our deep sleep, I've only been getting about 20 minutes of my deepest sleep. And I was like, oh, 
No wonder I'm not feeling like really recovered and well rested. So what did I do? I've implemented some things in order to try and to improve that. This is still like a work in progress as of right now. So um, I know the temperature of my room really affects it. So I have changed my doona into my summer doona. I have made the rule that I'm no longer allowed to watch TV in bed. I was definitely guilty of doing that. So now I'm going back to my reading. Um, and then I'm also making a conscious effort to get off my phone at eight o'clock because I think the scroll, I think I know the scroll, of course, is not good for us that late. And just like not even the light, the light is one thing, but it's just like getting focused on these things and not allowing my body to start winding down and to start relaxing so that I can fall into a really nice sleep. Instead, I'm sitting there scrolling, being like, oh, what am I going to buy on Black Friday? Or what am I going to buy on Kmart? (laughs) And I will keep you updated on how that is going because that is going to be a work in progress. And that's my goal at the moment is to try and increase my deep sleep because I know that's going to absolutely help me with my training. So yeah, paying attention to my recovery, also implementing stress management strategies. So recently I went to the Sunshine Coast and I took a week off the gym and I did a week of yoga and doing yoga in the evening and it was just like yin yoga, I found that my deep sleep, like this is, you know, case study, this is not based on research, this is just based on my own experience, so take it with a grain of salt. But when I did the yoga in the afternoon, my deep sleep increased by an hour. And I truly believe it was because of the Shavasana where you get to relax and it was a hot room and it was really beautiful and relaxing and it really got my body in a nice state. So I think there is something too, and people talk about it all the time, so obviously there must be a lot of truth in it, um, but it's just about taking the responsibility and actually doing these things. So actually sitting, going back and managing my stress and actually implementing some stress relieving activities during my week. So I've kept doing that and now I do a a yoga or it's actually a Pilates class, but it's like yoga Pilates, but it's like really, really low level. And I've been implementing that on a Thursday afternoon just to help me learn how to just come back into myself out of the noise, out of my thoughts and recenter continuously practicing that because I found the more that I can practice that in class is then the more that I can actually apply it into my real life. So (laughs) there's a lot of power in that. So really, really focusing on my recovery. And like so many people believe that it's just the exercise component that is all of the work. And I too absolutely was guilty of this. I used to think the more I trained, the better I would be regardless of how my body was feeling and if I was recovering or not. And what I know now is like I struggled with back pain for like three years when I didn't have my period. And the reason why is because my, yeah, I was exercising, but I didn't have the recovery um, part of the equation in tune and in point. So that's what we have to understand is more is not better the right amount is perfect to change our body composition, right? We can go both ways on that. We can speak to both of that. Too much is not a good thing. Not enough 
is not a good thing either. So whether we're, you know, we need to pull back and we need to learn how to recover or we need to get a kick out the bum and start being consistent, we need to marry the boat. We need to find the nice, beautiful mid-ground of challenging our bodies enough, resting enough, so we actually get change in our body. Okay, the next hack is making sure that we're training in different rep ranges. So why this is important, so the point of rep ranges in general is to stimulate the muscle fibers and most importantly, the central nervous system in different ways, right? This goes back to the whole going outside of your comfort zone thing. If we're just training in the same rep ranges over and over and over again, then our body is not going to have that discomfort to push ourselves out of its comfort zone and give it a reason to change. So that's why it's really important to be varying lower rep ranges into our training. And that's something that I have been doing is something I never really used to train a lot of strength as in, you know, rep ranges between three and five. I didn't really have that much in my training, but now I've really, really leaned leaned into it and really included different rep ranges. So lower rep ranges, mid-range and high rep ranges to making sure I'm constantly challenging my body. So lower rep ranges from one to six will provide better central nervous system adaptations, while higher rep ranges will help with bigger, fuller muscles. So that will help the actual size of the muscle cells grow. So we'll get muscle hypertrophy so that we can actually see definition and change in our body. So we can actually build muscle. That's not to say there isn't a crossover between the two, but that's just those rep ranges favor certain adaptations better. After a certain amount of time, it could be three months, six months, even a year, when you go from a beginner to more advanced, you'll find that you will eventually hit a plateau. Strength, you get to a point where you can't just keep adding weight to your squat. Or you'll find you just can't hit more reps with the same weight. Much like when we diet for too long, there comes a certain point where the body adapts to the stimulus given. If you're constantly staying in any given rep ranges, like three to six or six to eight or 10 to 12 for too long, this is what happens. It's unfortunate because I see so many people spend years on the same rep ranges and the same weight and wondering why they're not making any progress. The problem is lack of changing stimulus. So the best thing for you to do during these phases is cycle through rep ranges and cycle through programs. The other thing that I will say here is making sure we're finding other ways to progressively overload. And that's something that I've been really working on in on myself. So now I don't always just use reps and I don't always just use weight to progressively overload. I have also now been utilizing tempo and eccentric loading. So eccentric loading, what that means is slowing down the part of the movement where the muscle lengthens. So let's thinking about a chin up, for example, an eccentric chin up is you'll go to the top and you put your chin over the bar and then you'll slowly let yourself down because you're eccentrically loading your back and then utilizing time as your progressive overload. 
And that's what I've been doing, really leaning into different rep ranges and really leaning into different tempos to challenge my body in a new way to making sure I keep that new stimulus there. Because if we don't keep that new stimulus, then we will plateau and we will no longer adapt and we'll no longer see results. And then the last two things that I want to speak to is more of like an energetic rather than a strategic thing that I've done with my training. So energetic being increasing my motivation. So the first thing that I want to speak to is getting new active wear and getting new shoes. Well, yes, they're not the active wear that I wear and the shoes that I wear are not going to significantly impact the actual strategy in behind lifting. But what it does do is increases my motivation to train. There's nothing better than getting fresh pair of shoes and a fresh pair of activewear and walking in feeling really confident and really excited about training. So that's something that I've intentionally been doing. And then my last hack that I want to share with you is mixing up my routine. For so long, I was training in the morning first thing when I got, you know, got out of bed, had a coffee and went to the gym. For me, when I'm doing something over and over again, I get bored. And I know me, I need a lot of variety in my life. Otherwise, I get bored. So literally just changing up my routine from now I've been going a walk in the morning, the first thing that I do, and then I have been training at like 1.30, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I've been doing that for like a month now and I can already see myself today. I'm getting bored of it. So instead of completely changing what I'm doing, completely throwing everything out the window, what I'm doing is I'm now I'm switching my training back into the morning because this is what I see people get wrong all the time is they get bored and then they just start, try and do something else. They completely change what they're doing, completely change their exercise routine, completely change their food. When in reality, what we really need to be doing is we need to be doing the same thing consistently. Of course, making sure what we're doing is actually seeing we're getting a result from that. And if you're not getting a result, like you have the right strategy. Um, but then it's like, okay, cool. I know this is working and I know I have to stick to this long term. How can I create strategies that keeps it exciting? How can I create strategies that still gives me a bit of variety so I still are feeling entertained? So for me, I know switching around my routine is really helpful for that. Instead of training in the afternoon, I'm going to pull it back and start training in the morning. Now I have it, it seems new again, it's exciting again, so therefore it's easier to stick to. So my loves, I really, really hope that that was helpful for you guys. I would love to know your feedback and what resonated with you. If you haven't written a review yet, please, can you take two minutes of your day? It really does help me support this channel and get it out to as many listeners as possible. But like always, thanks for being here. Love you always. And I'll be in your ears next week. challenge that all my clients face before we start working together is a lack of clarity on how much and what to eat to lose weight. Often they are making two huge mistakes, constantly trying to skip meals or eat under 1600 calories. Secondly, only allowing themselves bad foods like chocolate on the weekend, but end up binging all to tell themselves they're going to start again on Monday. If you feel like you have tried every diet under the sun and still can't figure out what to eat to achieve your weight loss goals take my free two minute quiz 
You can find the link in the show notes down below and it will help you figure out exactly what you're doing wrong with your nutrition and exercise and exactly what to do to fix it so that you can finally be confident in your body and achieve your weight loss goals.